Five, six, seven, eight. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to a very exciting episode of Breaking the Curtain, where we chat all about our stage door experiences and share the wonderful stories sent in to us. Yes, this is our first listener story episode, and we are so thrilled to have received so many great emails sent to us. So Chrissy, for those who might not know, what is stage door? Can you explain it to us? Absolutely. So the stage door is typically located at the back or side of a theater. It's where the performers, band, and crew enter and leave a performance. Following performances, fans will often gather behind a barricade and get their programs signed, snap a quick photo, have a conversation and such. It's really a beautiful experience to thank everyone for their hard work. Here are a few stage door tips and tricks that we've gathered over our years of stage dooring. So the first on my list is to bring a Sharpie. In fact, bring two. The best Sharpies for any program is the silver metallic Sharpie. In the chance that the program is in black and white or a darker color, the black won't show up as nicely. So yeah, I highly recommend the silver or the gold metallic also works nicely too. If you hope to meet and thank a performer in a big show, begin to grab hold of your items, bag, merch, coat, as the lights start to come up following the curtain call so you can easily get into the exit line and shuffle out onto the streets. Note that we said after the end of the curtain call. When the lights come up, if you leave before or during the curtain call, that's not great. Don't do it. Typically, it does take performers a little while to get ready to leave the theater. There's no need to rush, but if you want a spot near the front of the line or barricade, yes, do start to sneak out as the lights come up after the curtain call. In chance you're seeing a touring production or West End show where playbills aren't the norm, bring a notebook or cast recording booklet, something you'd like to have signed. Bring a battery pack recharger, especially if you're seeing a show out of town. You're likely to be roaming the streets before seeing a show, and you don't want to risk your phone battery running too low for, too low for photos. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we do have some stage door etiquette, some basic mm-hmm. rules, I guess you'd say. So um, They're not like rules. They're like common sense. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, that's... That's uh, it's that simple. That's certainly a way of putting it. But yes, in other terms, exactly that. So don't push or shove. Be mindful of those around you at a crowded stage door. Uh, enjoy the experience. You might even make a like-minded friend while waiting outside. Remember that the performers are humans just like you. So don't yell in their faces or get upset if they're in a rush and unable to stop. Stage door is not in the job requirement. Yes. The important thing to remember is that actors and performers are humans too, and they're deserving of respect. Just because they're doing certain things on stage for their job does not mean that they have given you consent to do any of those things when you see them at the stage door. So let's not grab or touch performers or invade their personal space in any way. Being in a show does not automatically mean consent. You can say hi, you can ask them for a photo, but if they're not interested, you do have to honor that. If they need to go, they need to go. It's not part of their job. And yeah, grabbing people, not good. Um, Posing inappropriately for photos, also not good. And following a performer away from the stage door because they're not stage dooring, but you really want an autograph, not fucking good. That's creepy. That is stalking. And uh, there's literally no way for you to justify it to me. Don't do it. It's bad. Yep. Yep. And I would also (laughs) like to say, don't take a photo or video without their permission. I think that should be a a basic rule. And I know they are a type of celebrity, but you know, just don't do it. Because I know a lot don't like that and get creeped out by the random videos of them showing up without their permission. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Basically consent is key like consent is key with with everything everything. with everything you know you have to remember that these people are strangers to you even if you've met them in another stage door line meeting somebody at stage door does not mean you know them at real life they're not your they're not like your best friend you can't just randomly go and hug them um just give people their space to exist and be polite and respectful say please and thank you Honor the fact that they are taking the time to, they're literally gifting you their time. They don't have to do that. They've already done the show. They've gotten paid. You know, 
they're giving you their time honor that and be respectful and be polite like if somebody comes out the stage door and they're not who you're looking to see that's fine but just be nice to them Mm -hmm. like I feel like in a lot of shows that are kind of star-based, it's like, mm, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to the person who played, like, the lead. That's not polite. No. Maybe don't go to stage door or have a different book for the full cast to sign and leave the program for whoever you're looking for. I don't know. I've never been in a position where I'm like, I'm only here for one specific no. person and screw the rest of you. That's yeah. rude. Again, these people are gifting you their time. Be polite. Don't be a dink. And you know, you made an excellent point that I will just grab onto and continue with. They aren't your friends as much as, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not to be mean. And I know you go home and you're like, oh my God, that was such a nice uh, interaction. But that doesn't necessarily equal friendship with this 30-something-year-old performer. And I think that is something that needs to be kept in mind because I've seen people get really hurt when they realize, hey, I'm not best friends with this performer who is really nice to me at our meet and greet outside a theater. <laughs> no, it, it's it's very... No, no. I know. I know. And, and it's very it's sad. Just... And I've seen people follow um, performers on their vacation because they think they're like best friends. These people are usually like 15 to like 18. You're definitely not friends with the 33-year-old performer in a show. I... I'm just saying, have that boundary for yourself and for them. You know, just boundaries are important, especially at the stage door. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they're very important and everybody can have a great time if all of the boundaries are followed to a certain extent. Well, exactly that. And I think it's, it can be very difficult for a performer to be like, hey, like, please do back off a little bit. You're kind of scaring me. It's not something that would be easy for anyone to really say. I know I would struggle with it and I'm a nobody. So I can't imagine what it's like being in their position where they have to be like always enjoying the fan interactions, even when they aren't. So please be mindful of that. That's all. Yeah. Basically stage Dora 101 is don't be a dickhead. Like, Chrissy's probably going to have to bleep me out, but like... It's Jocelyn's word of the day, so I'm just going with it. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's my word of the day, because I actually, I had a college professor tell me, (laughs) you know, he said the key to working in the theater industry was not being a dick. And I was like, you know what? And it's accurate. It's accurate. That's the golden rule of life, honestly. And uh, that's Roger. Roger Shank, by the way. That's a shout out to him. So why wouldn't you treat someone that you admire with the utmost respect and decency. Well, exactly. And even that goes performer-wise too. You know, if you're taking the time to meet someone at stage door, just be lovely, you know? I've had interactions where like someone was really mean to me and I just did nothing but say like, hi, and they were in the position at a stage door and they were just really mean. So be nice to everyone you meet. I think that's the golden rule in life. If you're not going to be kind at stage door, don't go. If you're not going to be respectful, don't go. Don't do the thing if you're not going to lead with respect and goodness. Because theater is beautiful and it's an art form. It's exchange and blah, blah, blah. It's Theater is such a beautiful thing. And, you know, they say, like my dad always says, like, don't meet your idols. (laughs) And I'm really lucky that I've gotten to meet my idols and have them be lovely people. But, like, sometimes that's not always the case. And I think that when you go to stage door on either side, and it must be the same same for fans. Like, don't meet your fans. They might be crazy. But, like, I think going to stage door, both parties need to have, like, open heart totally the idea totally. like yeah we're doing this like when freaking poor christy altamar anastasia closed on broadway and what was it she was there was like it was all over twitter she was out there for like three hours going through the stage yeah. line to talk to every single person and i'm not saying we all have to be christy altamar that is that's just we can't expect but don't to put that you on wish ourselves. we were but don't you wish everyone led with that kindness and graciousness yeah. like christy and they don't unfortunately so be but kind let's strive and, to that. Yeah, be kind and gracious. And I think that, like, yeah. obviously that goes for going to the stage door, too. Like, yeah. somebody's gifted you a great performance, and then they've also gifted you um, their time and a meet and greet and, like, chatted with you. And it's just, it's, 
nice. Anyway, that's my rant. And one day I'll rant about how I think that social media has played a huge part in the disrespect that we see at stage door. But uh, we don't have time for that today. I don't have the energy for that today. Um, I need yeah, to no, lunch. I completely agree. I think since social media started, it's been this whole new whirlwind of stage door stuff. And it's it's not good stuff either. There's a lot of nastiness online. I think with social media, people are like, oh, it's not in person. I can do whatever I want. And that's why, A, cyberbullying has become a thing. But I think it also leads to kind of almost those unhealthy obsessions Mm -hmm. or obsession or just obsession in general that lead to poor stage door behavior because these people you're getting their status updates you're getting their tweets their photos on instagram you're following them along and you interact there and i think those relationships which there's so many wonderful performers who build wonderful relationships with their fans on the Instagram, um, our lovely friend Giovanni Spano is so great at that. That's something that he does and takes the time to do. But because of that, I think it's easy for um, to become obsessed. fans of theater to become obsessed and to kind of have that, oh, we know each other. So that when they go to the stage door, it's like, oh, hey, bestie, instead of yeah. the, um, hey, like, you know, it just, it, cha- it changes the relationship, which is very interesting. I wish that I was like a psychologist, know, a psychologist, <laughs> or like a really smart person to be able to like understand. I would it do all. a thesis mm. on this if I was really smart. This is something I do a thesis on. This is something I have such a big interest in, and and you know that as well because I'm constantly looking up. You like serial killers? No, I don't like serial killers. I like true crime stories because I find that part of the brain that I don't have is like fascinating to me because I can't think that way. However, one thing I can understand more is watching the ones about, you know, people who were obsessed with celebrities because that's something you see regularly, maybe not to the extreme of like um, Rebecca Schaefer, that case, uh, you know what I mean? So in cases similar to that, I think people need to keep that mindset when going into stage door of, hey, like, I could come off as really obsessed right now and someone else, you know, could be really creeped out by it and be nervous about it. And I know I've been in situations like that where I've had people online who like totally freaked me out and scared me because, you know, they were writing fan fictions about us together and such. And we're going to unpack that later. We're going to unpack that someday. Yeah, maybe. But um, maybe it's off interesting. The record, but I'll put that put, put me in your appointment book to talk about that. Um, <gasps> but but no, I mean you just you don't know how you come off, and I think something that could be as innocent as a fan fiction could come off a totally different way to the person it's written about, and it's just things to keep in mind. Yeah, and you know it's about reading the room, guys. Read the room, Read yeah. Read in the room, because there are some people, like our lovely, lovely Geo. I went to Stage Door for the first time, and he greeted me with a huge hug. And that's just the kind of wonderful, warm person he is. But I was not prepared for it, and I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, I knew who he was, but I was like, why are you touching me? Um, obviously, it's fine. We have stayed in touch. I still think he is, like, one of the greatest people in the whole wide world. Gio, I love you if you're listening. But, yeah, that initial moment, I was like, <gasps> But then I realized, okay, that's who he is. So it instantly went into that place of, like, banter and friendly conversation and that sort of connection. But with some people, they might just be like, hey, thanks for coming to the show and, like, sign your program. And they want you to respect that kind of space. Yes. So I always kind of... Uh, This is like, I guess, a good tip, maybe. I always let the performer initiate any physical contact, Mm -hmm. any, um, and the amount of space between us. If there's not a barrier, if the performer comes over, when they stop and leave that space, I honor their space. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's the amount of space they want. I'm not going to cross that. And then if you say, hey, can I take a photo? I always let them move in first or they open their arm or something. I always let them make that invitation Mm -hmm. because it's somebody's personal space. I mean, I don't like my personal space invaded without warning. And 
most people don't, especially if it's somebody that you don't know. There's a big difference between like your best friend surprising you with a hug and some person that you've never met in your entire life. Read the room and let them lead. And I think that that makes every, that makes them feel comfortable. And then you, you know, you know that you're not stepping on any toes. And if they're making you uncomfortable, you just, you shut that shit down. Totally. And you know what? There is, there is such a fine line between, hey, am I friends with this performer now? Because, you know, we've hung out in person at this point or we're always messaging each other or I have their number in my phone because they gave it to me. And that would probably equal to, yes, we are a friend. But if your only interactions are like going to see the same show over and over again and and hanging out at stage door after and chatting for like 10 minutes with the performer, then probably no. And that's totally okay. That should still be okay. It shouldn't have to go further than that. And I think especially, like I mentioned before, especially if you are a teenager, keep in mind you are probably not friends and you probably should not be friends with a performer that's like over 25, over 30, you know, and just, yeah, keep that in mind. (laughs) I've said pretty much all I need to say, but yeah, just lead with kindness. So we've actually had so many stage door experiences ourselves, but we've also done some together. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that a little bit? What shows we stage door together? You know what? I would love to. I'll take the first one without we've stage door together and then you can take the second one, but I'll take, I love it. Beetlejuice because it was my very first Broadway show. (laughs) It was my very first time doing a stage door on Broadway. Broadway and I thought I was going to die because that is like the most stage door in Canada especially in Toronto it's in an alley and like it's not very often you get people down there unless it's like a touring production or you know Sting is coming or something like that like stage door in Toronto isn't very busy and when it is it's still like maybe 20 people um (laughs) so to go to New York and to see a show like Beetlejuice which has a huge cult following um that was pretty terrifying that was big and then there were the barriers which I love the barriers if I were a performer in that show I would want a barrier I'd want a bigger barrier honestly there's a lot of people and it's a very small barrier um But we were somewhere in between. We could not get to the barrier because there were so many people. It was like four people back from the barriers where we were. It was like layered like a cake. And then so we were in between. If the bottom layer is the barrier, the top layer is the curb. And I was like, oh my God, with all this pushing and shoving, I was like, somebody's going to fall into traffic. (laughs) I was, I was very concerned. It was very concerning. Um... But, you know, we got to speak with a lot of really cool people who loved the show and had come to see it a lot. And so it was always really, really special to experience. If I, have, if I hadn't idolized Carrie Butler since, like, my inception, as a, my, my birth as a theater child, since my first love of theater, I would not have stayed in that stage door line if it had not been for Carrie Butler because I was like, mm! I know. And again, yeah, you shouldn't be pushing no. and shoving if you're by a busy street. Like, And Times Square is like one of the you. busiest. That being said, I really wanted to meet Alex Brightman. I've just adored him for years and didn't get to meet him at School of Rock. So I was very sad. But I was like, there's no way we're staying here. I really want to meet Alex. And no one else was coming out at that point. Like, at all. So I was like, there's no way Alex is going to come out. I don't know what it was with that night, but it was, like, absolutely mad. It was insane. However... It was extra bonkers. It was so and bonkers. it wasn't even, like, a Friday night or anything. No, it was, it was like a Yeah, like, end of the week. It was crazy. But, you know, we did talk to some very lovely people during our time at the stage door there who were so gracious and, and shared their stories about how much they love Beetlejuice and the cast and that's what I mean it's it's about the whole experience and after we got to meet Carrie quickly we were like you know what let's just go back to the hotel because this is too chaotic for us <laughs> yeah and we had schmackeries in the fridge we did so we were like, let's go home have a cookie mm-hmm. and go to bed um but I think it's funny because we didn't really even get to meet Carrie. No. Because it was such, like, an insane place. So she was coming out and she was signing. And what I loved at Beetlejuice was, like, 
people would take programs from the back and pass them up. Yes, that which was nice, and was that so kind lovely. of limited the pushing and shoving and all of that. And so when Carrie came out, obviously people were like bananas because it's Carrie frickin' Butler, and you know there were just so many people. And I tried, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's not gonna happen. But like, I saw her in person, and Chrissy grabs my program out of my hand. She yells, she's like, "There's one more." And like everybody passes it forward and Carrie Butler stops and looks and signs it and she says hi to me and I'm like, I want to be just like you when I grow up. And she said, aww. And then she went on her way. So we didn't really meet her. I just kind of screamed at her and she signed my program, which is something you shouldn't do. But considering we were four people away, I did have to resign. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that's what's so frustrating too, is when you're standing in the back and the courteous thing to do is pass the playbills forward without needing to be like, hey, please sign this one, please. Um, and you know, and there, there's other people at the front who are like, they are the playbill hoarders, I call them, which I am one myself. But if I'm getting a playbill signed at the stage door, I'm only going to have one or two for myself and my mom to get signed. And then if I manage to find other playbills on the ground, those just go in my bag. I don't ask them to sign like seven playbills, you know? And there was a lot of that at that stage door, which was frustrating because it's like, do you really need that autographed seven times so you can sell it online later? Mm. No. <laughs> yeah, and that was also a stage door where a lot of people that we spoke to were people who hadn't even seen the show that night. So they were either people who had seen the show before and were back for like their second or third visit and going to the stage door, or they were people who had seen the show like a Two while back. Two nights before or a while, yeah, yeah and they were in whatever. the city. And they were in the city and they were coming back to stage door even though they had already seen the show, but they hadn't seen it that night. And I was like, yeah, to like, actually think about it because like I said I was very concerned with staying alive and we're gonna get into this in a second but like Chrissy and I like how many times have we seen Bad Out of Hell like between the two of us it's like 27 27 27 times and we always go to the back of the stage door line because yeah we've because a we've seen the show a million bajillion times we've met these humans Mm -hmm. before And we want people who are experiencing it for the first time to be able to go and have that experience. And it was just kind of bonkers bananas to me that people don't think like that. Well, that being said, our friends went to go see Beetlejuice the next night and they both went to the stage door and it was like 15, 20 people. So I don't know. We went on a crazy night, I guess, but it's not typically like that. And I kept telling Jocelyn, I was like, you know what? It's not typically like this in New York City. I promise you that. I don't know what's going on with the stage door. I've never seen anything like it since like Anastasia, but I think, I don't know. I think it's the social media impact as well that just brings stage doors like booming with people because it was never like that. Let's say like, I don't know, seven years ago. Not even five, six, seven years ago, yeah. It wasn't like that in the past the way it is now. I don't think I'd do it again. Totally. I get that. And speaking of squished places, I mean, so we went to the bat stage door, which this is another thing. This is a pet peeve of mine. If there is no barricade at a stage door, and you know what? I will say... New York audiences are pretty damn good for this. I can't say that about Canadian or UK audiences from what I I saw in both countries, but in New York, if there is not a barricade, they tend to make an invisible one. So they'll stand in a line and the cast members will come down as if there was a barricade there. However, I mean, there was so many people from different countries at that bat stage door and everyone just kind of like... swarmed the cast and like did a circle around them which you don't know if they're like claustrophobic or not you don't know that so you don't know if the person beside you who is there just to get an autograph is claustrophobic you don't know what the other person's situation is so don't swarm I've seen that so many times at bat like in Toronto in New York City um thank god they had a barricade in the UK when I went But yeah, you don't know what the person beside you or the cast member feels. So 
don't swarm. Yeah. Don't swarm. Just, and me being the small town Canadian girl that I am, I was like, oh, it's a line and we're moving up the line and they're moving down the line because it was kind of complicated how it was set up. But I was like, okay, this is what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, apparently I was the front of the line, but I didn't know because everybody had kind of circled around and people were going to leave. And I was like, oh, but I, I thought I was still in line. Um, and Chrissy was like, Jocelyn, <laughs> Jocelyn, it's over here. And I was like, I was like, I was so confused. <laughs> there were so many people. Oh my God. But yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, just don't swarm. Don't circle around cast members. It's not cool. It's not, you're gonna meet them and you're probably gonna meet them even quicker if you stand in a line and let them do their thing and walk up and down the uh, the aisle, the line, so. Like, they know what they're doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I mean, I remember I even heard cast members being like, okay, let's take like four steps back because it's so rare that an off-Broadway production or um, out-of-town touring productions, they rarely have like a bodyguard that just stands there and makes sure that the stage door is safe. Whereas on Broadway, I mean, you meet the loveliest bodyguards who stand there and make sure everything's safe, organized. Um, If someone's missing a pen, they'll pull one out. They have the actors back and the fans back. And I think that's so lovely, but it's, it's pretty rare on a tour, elsewhere, off Broadway, you don't really see that as much either. Sometimes they even I've seen people I've seen them leave before all the cast members are out. I don't know, but yeah. So I feel like I'd be a good stage door bodyguard. Yeah, I'm like none of that. Yeah, and you're tall. Yeah, I am tall. tall. I'd be able to see what's going on. <laughs> um. Anyway, if anybody's hiring a stage door bodyguard. Um, you can hire me. But other than that, other than the crowding, um, that was such a fun stage that door. Because so like Chrissy fun. and I had seen the tour, uh, the tour um, that never was in Toronto. And a lot of the cast were returning to that. So we got to see all of our favorites from the tour get to do this show, which is one of our favorites, in New York City. And that was huge. That was amazing. And then we also got to see some of our favorite people from the West End come and do it as well. And then Tony Award winner, <laughs> Lena Hall, and a couple other new people who came to the table. It was just, it was very special. It was very exciting. Um, and, you know, even though there was a cockroach, it was still a really great stage door experience. For sure, yeah. And I would love to know, what are your top three stage door experiences from anywhere in the world? So... Obviously, we talk about Bad Out of Hell a lot on this podcast, so let's just say those are definitely beautiful stage door memories that would be in, like, my top five. But because we talk about it too damn much, I am sidelining it for the time being. Um, <laughs> so my first favorite stage door memory would definitely be when I got to go... It was my first time stage dooring, actually. I went to go see Les Miserables in Toronto in 2014. So that was the pre-Broadway tryout for the new revival production. And Ramin Karimlu was Jean Valjean. So I was like, oh my god, I am obsessed with him. We have to go. And I was like, I'd really like to meet him. And so my poor dad, he had to come with me and sit through Les Mis because my mom was sick. <laughs> Anyway, it was like minus 31 and we were waiting after the matinee. And I gotta say, while I went, because I was hoping Ramin would come out, I really got to meet so many lovely people who are in the show. So many people stopped and took the time to say hi and they signed my program and we chatted about the show. We talked about changes to it. There was an ensemble member who was like, oh my gosh, you've read the book? And I was like, yeah, I've read the book because I'd mentioned I'd read the book and they were like oh my god did you notice this little snippet that we added in that was directly from the book that wasn't there before I was like yeah I did yeah I did um and I got to speak to the lovely Mark Gere who is a wonderful Canadian artist and he was playing Angera in the in this production and he was literally the best ever that's my favorite character I'm probably butchering the name Angeras I don't know I know it's an all could not tell you friend I know it's friend. an all 
it's like an en sound. Enjolras. 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 French lessons with Chrissy and Jocelyn. Um, I got to speak to him, who was like my favorite character, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. And we talked about like the book. If you can talk to me about the Les Mis book, you're automatically one of my favorite people. Anyway, focusing, it was, you know, getting on like an hour or so after the show, and we were still waiting for Ramin. There were a couple other people there who were like big Ramin fans. Like they had like his CDs and stuff. Like they had like a pile of merch for him to sign kind of thing. And eventually he came out and he's all bundled up in like his parka because it's minus 31. Um, and he's between shows of Les Mis and he's on vocal rest because he is recovering from a cold. And obviously he just sang for three hours. But he still came over and signed my program and like waved hello and like just was an active listener and communicator, even though he didn't say a single word the entire time. And I told him it was my first stage door experience and that I just really wanted to meet him and thank him for inspiring me. And I said it in a teeny tiny little mouse voice because I was so nervous. My knees were knocking together. Uh, and he was just so lovely about it. And then he went to the next person. I was like, oh my God, I forgot to ask for a photo. <laughs> um, and my dad was like, that's okay. We'll just wait. And when he's done with those people, we'll see if he has time. We'll just ask real quick. And we were like, okay. So we stayed and we waited. And then I was like, oh, he'll probably just like walk off. Like he has to eat and then do the show again, which is no easy feat. Uh, but he finished up and then he came back and before I could even ask, he was like miming taking a photo with his hands. Like, you know, back when you took photos with cameras and you go to like mime that you, you're taking a photograph for the young ones, I had to explain what that was. So he mimed taking a photo with his hands and we took a photo and like, I just got to thank him again for being great. But I'm so glad I went and that he was so lovely because I've went on to have so many fabulous stage door experiences from that. And honestly, I would love to meet and speak with Ramin again. I think he's just such a wonderful, wonderful man. Anyway, that was a bit of a long-winded one, but it's kind of, it's very special to me. I'll keep it brief with my, with number two and number three. But number two would have to be the Tour of American Idiot. It was also 2014. It was in March, so it was a little bit warmer, but not by much. And... <laughs> I brought my friend Alicia with me because she liked musical theater and she liked Green Day. So we were like, okay, we'll do this. And this is what I love about stage dooring in Toronto because unless it's like a big star or like a big tour of like a really popular show, it's going to be empty. She and I were the only ones at the stage door. And the whole cast came out, I think, minus one or two people. So I have an almost fully signed program. We did a lot of selfies. We did a lot of just talking about the show and about the music. And it was such an amazing experience to have like that almost one-on-one. -on -one. Like it felt like a private stage door experience, meet and greet thing, which was weird, mm -hmm. but like super cool. And I remember even the swings came out at the end. And I remember we just talked for like, 20 minutes about being a swing and getting to tour the country with a musical and it was just it was really awesome especially because at that point I knew I wanted to go into theater um and to be able to like have that much time spent with these people for them to be so gracious after doing again these musicals man they're not easy and to have them take that time was just it was really special it was really special I still have the photos maybe Chrissy, when we post this episode, we'll have to share for sure. some of our stage door photos on our Instagram. Yeah. Because, I mean, I look awful because <laughs> I was going through a punk phase. Um, but, you know, great memories. And anyway, my third favorite was when I met Sting because obviously it's hard to choose your top three, but I feel like Sting has to be in the top oh, yeah. three just because he's Sting. Uh, we went to see The Last Ship when it just came to Toronto, like, right, like, in 2019. So the year before the pandemic. Um, almost exactly a year before the pandemic, actually. And I went with my mom, who loves Sting, <laughs> because who doesn't? And 
I've loved that show forever. Like since it was like a concept album, guys. And I finally, finally got to see it live. Mm -hmm. And I got to see him in it. And it was really good. You know how sometimes like pop stars or rock stars or whatever, they do musicals and like they're great, but like they're not like, you know, they're not musical theater actors. And that's fine. But oh my God, he was so good in it. And I was like, that is awesome. He was like this real like musical theater leading man who also happened to be a rock star and happened to have written the show. And anyway, we went to the stage door, of course, because we were like, Sting might come out. And uh, before he did come out, a couple of the people came out, like his people came out and just said he's not posing, like he's not posing for photos. Um, Like he won't take photos with you, but he'll sign, like he'll do autographs. And we're all like, okay. So he comes down the line and he's signing things for everybody. Obviously, I could barely get my words out. My mom couldn't get any words out, but she did snap a picture of him waving. Which is cute. I love anyway, that. Anyway, so now cute. that I'm dehydrated from talking so much, Chrissy, what are your top three stage door experiences? Oh, you know what? I ugh. Okay, so I just thought of a really funny one from Bat Out of Hell when you mentioned that uh, it was very cold at the stage door. So this was the coldest day in Toronto in 2018, and it was the final Bat Out of Hell show. So we were all kind of like huddled at stage door. I probably would have left. Had it not been the last show, I wanted to say goodbye to um, all just like the lovely people I met at, during that time. Anyways, so Andrew Pollock comes out and we're all chatting and then he digs and he had like his hands full of stuff and things were like flying all over and we were picking them up for him. And he's like, oh, you can keep that. And we're like, oh, here, take it. It's fine. Anyways... <laughs> so he digs into like this bag and pulls out this like plastic baggie of what I assume is prosciutto so he's like here do you want one and I'm like oh I'm I'm good (laughs) I thought he was offering me lunch meat but what it was was he had he has this scar as strat that gets it used to get put on his chest with like latex um, but now it's a different material. Anyways, he was giving me a Strat heart scar. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, wait, yeah, I do want one. I really do. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was prosciutto. And that always makes me laugh because if you look at the photo and we we took photos of the baggie because we're like, no one's going to believe that this is a scar and not a bag of lunch meat. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tag the photo in our episode. But it's so funny. Anyways, another great one is when I met Jonathan Groff and we chatted for like at least 30 minutes about anything and everything. He is the kindest person I've ever met. But what's really funny is like he met me and the first thing he says is, oh my God, you're so short. (laughs) But if you know Jonathan Groff, he's so, he can be quite reserved and very, um, he's very kind, but yeah, rather reserved in person. Um, so when he said that, I totally lost it because <laughs> I am really short and he is very tall. How tall is um, he? I don't know, but very tall. I, I want to say he's short. over 5'11", 6 feet maybe. I don't know. He was quite tall and I'm oh, okay. very short. So there is that. Um, gosh, what's another good story to share? Oh, okay. I have a funny one at Anastasia. So I was walking by the stage door on a very hot, muggy, humid day in New York City. And I just, at this point, I kind of wanted to get back to my hotel and just, you know, when you get back to your hotel and you first lay on the bed for the first time and it's nice and cold and it's just perfect. I wanted that. Anyways, I walk by Anastasia because I'm like, oh, you know, I just want to see the hustle and bustle of it all. Anyways, Derek Klenna sees me and he's like, hey, Chrissy. And like everyone turned to look at me as I'm like sweating like a total pig in this New York heat. And I'm like, hey, Derek. And he's like, give me one minute, one minute. And he kept saying, like, give me one second as um he was going down the line of fans and taking photos. So I go over to Derek after and he's like, come inside for a sec. So 
<laughs> stupid me just kind of like comes closer to the barricade and he's like, no, like literally come inside the theater. So the bodyguard, <laughs> this is like, this is like top Chrissy stupidity. Um, having a moment of like, oh my God, the fame, the fame of it all. So the bodyguard's like, Derek, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. She's with me. And I'm like, I'm with him. <laughs> Just to be silly, but like, <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Anyways, we go inside. He's like, I just wanted you to cool off a bit because it's hot outside. Aww. I'm like, Derek Kalena, you absolute angel. And it He's was so sweet. He is the nicest human ever. Um, yeah, so we just stayed inside, chatted a bit, and then he went back out to sign. Uh, but yeah, I mean, performers are just the most gracious and, and so kind. Yeah, that was just a really cute moment and really funny. And I needed that AC, even just for like 10 minutes indoors. I needed that. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... You know, when you're in a city and it's hot, it's, like, ten times hotter than, like, <sighs> general, just because of, like, how everything is. Yeah. It's bad. Icky. Yeah. It's sweaty and gross. But bless Derek Klenna for making sure that you got some air conditioning and hopefully he made you hydrate, too, because that's important. Yes. Always. Always. <laughs> I think we talked about our love of Betsy Wolf that day. It was just really funny. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so now we have some really exciting listener submissions that you all sent in to us, which, yeah, we did take a peek and read through them because we couldn't, we couldn't control ourselves. We had to take a look. And they are just the cutest, sweetest stories. So, Jocelyn, do you want to start us off? All righty, here we go. This first story is submitted by John Chanda. The best thing that happened to me was the night my favorite swing, Maria Briggs, came out the stage door and asked me if I wanted to take a backstage tour of my favorite show, Cats. I was in shock and froze. I did not know what to say, and it took three times and security telling me to come around, and he opens the fence for me. After the tour, I was able to take a photo with her on the stage. I was really surprised when she did this for me. I always thought that tours were only for family and close personal friends. I will always remember this because I know she did not have to do this. And I love this. Having a favorite swing. I love that. Gold star for John. And yeah, you're right. That's something that she didn't need to do, but she did. And that's just... <sighs> I love stories that's very like special. that. Yeah, I'm glad that you had that opportunity, John. Thanks for sharing it with us. Thank you, John. Alrighty, Chrissy, what have you got? Ah, okay, this next one is from Rachel Athena. She, her pronouns. Thank you for normalizing pronouns. She says, I saw your post on FB and I wanted to send you my fave stage door story about the time I went backstage at Hamilton. Oh my God. Okay. I also love your podcast. My favorites Aww. are the Rent and Carry episodes. Those are some of my favorites too, Rachel. Aww. Oh yeah. Okay. So thank you so much, Rachel. And here is Rachel sharing her story herself. So this was back when Hamilton first came to San Francisco in 2016. It was the first national tour ever. And I got tickets for Christmas. It was the best Christmas gift ever. And the day had finally come, and I remember I was at brunch with my family, and my dad mentions that one of his friends in the bridal party had a daughter who had who knew who managed someone in Hamilton, and I thought that was cool, and so he told me that when after the show he would meet us, and I thought that was super cool, and so we saw the show. I cried <laughs> a lot, and then I go to the stage door to wait for the cast. And then my dad actually tells me that we're going to go backstage. The man, Dan Bill Navis, one of my favorites, he was the friend. And he took us backstage of Hamilton at the Orpheum. And it was mind-boggling. Just being on the stage where it happened was just crazy. I got to see all the quick change areas. And I got to meet the cast. I got to meet... Emily Raver Lampman, who is in the Umbrella Academy right now, but she also played Angelica in the tour. So I got to meet her. I got to be on the stairs. I got to watch the stage rotate. And it was just 
literally the best experience I've ever had. And I still think about it to this day that I got to go backstage at Hamilton the Musical. Rachel, thank you for sharing with us. That is, I love that. And what an experience to go backstage at Hamilton, yeah. one of the hottest shows ever. Damn. And I mean, that's rare. That's really cool. That's awesome. And you know, it's just, I'm really glad that you had that special opportunity. And yeah, thanks Me for too. sharing with us. And thank you for loving the podcast. We love you for loving the podcast. Thank you, Rachel. All right. So this next one, super exciting. It is from our good friend, Didi Toth. Woo! Alrighty, <clears throat> I have many stage door stories and I've met some wonderful actors. Donnie Osmond from Joseph mm. and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Anne Margaret from The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Cindy Lauper for The Three Penny Opera, Angela Lansbury and Marion Seldes from Deuce, Kathleen Turner from High, lots of Stratford actors, some of which I know personally. That would be the Stratford Festival in uh, Stratford, Ontario, which is probably one of Canadian theater's biggest gems for those mm -hmm. of you who don't know. And back to Dee Dee here. And most recently, the amazing Bad Out of Hell cast, who were far and away the best stage door cast experiences ever. But my favorite just has to be meeting Patricia Quinn of Rocky Horror in <laughs> London's West End in 1994. We spent four dozen white roses to her via the stage manager and reserved two of the roses to personally hand to her from our front row seats during the curtain call. After the show and spending way too much money on merch, we made our way to wait patiently outside the stage door of the queue, hoping to catch a glimpse of any cast members as they scooted by. The door opened and security motioned to us to come to the door. We wondered what we had done wrong, but he said, Miss Quinn has requested to see you. <laughs> Trying our best to conceal our astonishment, like this just happens to us all the time. <laughs> we casually followed security to Miss Quinn's dressing room. Mm. She graciously greeted us, asking if we would like a glass of wine. We remained in her dressing room drinking wine and asking questions like, are those really your lips at the start of the movie? She stated with a most emphatic, yes, I was also supposed to sing the song, like she does as Trixie to open the stage version, but that bastard Richard took it away from me. <laughs> I love it. The whole experience was beyond anything we could have possibly imagined. Then she mentioned to us that she has met many fans, but none who are so elegant as to send her such gorgeous flowers. I feel like a prima ballerina, she beamed. We took a few photos and she signed our programs. Then we helped gather her belongings and escorted her to her car. As she drove away, we let out a tremendous squee of delight. Oh, it was definitely my favorite. Dee Dee, that is a banana and you know story. What? That is. Dee Dee also sent the gorgeous photo of herself with Patricia. So, yeah, we'll I'll ask Dee Dee if we can share it on our uh, our Instagram. But, oh my God. <gasps> we love Patricia Quinn to begin with. So, that story is just. Like, I, I got goosebumps it. for you just I listening know. to that story and reading it. So, such lovely stage door experiences. <laughs> So this last stage door story is from Grace Phillips. Their stage door story is from a last preview of Pretty Woman in the UK in February 2020. So they say, I went to a weeknight show and stage doored. Everyone had dispersed. I met Amy Atkinson and Danny Mack. They both took photos and autographs and then we chatted from subjects of dogs, excitement for the show. And then I talked about previous roles they were both in different versions of Legally Blonde in my local area, only a few years apart. Anyway, they both laughed and then another familiar face walked by. It was John Robbins. He exchanged pleasantries with us and then headed off. By this point, we were there for almost half an hour. They said, thank you for coming and my support of the show. I had an ink stamp in my pocket, which I stamped on their hands. Fucking brilliant. Danny left saying best review yet. Oh, I love that. Do you have a photo of the ink stamp? Because I want to see. I'd love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I want a fucking brilliant stamp. Me too. Wait, is that what it said? Well, I, I assume that's what it said. Is that <gasps> what it said? Grace, we oh, got to know what it says. Grace, did the stamp say fucking brilliant? We want to know. I thought that was just like that moment was fucking brilliant. But you know what? If the stamp says that... That's just as cool. And if not, even better. So I want to see the stamp. 
please. Yeah. Hook us up. Hook us up. Uh, hook us up with a stamp, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was our stage door episode, which was so much fun to receive all of your lovely stories and then read them here. Yeah, like, obviously we love talking to each other because uh, we do that all the time, but it is so nice and refreshing to have you guys sharing your stories and experiences with us. And, you know, we know that y'all listen in and it's so fun when you listen in, but it's really, really nice to get to communicate Mm -hmm. with you, you know, even though we're not like actually like physically talking to each other. It's it's awesome to be able to have you guys included in the conversation. And, you know, there are so many ways you can do that. We're definitely going to do more listener story episodes at some point. So keep your eyes peeled on our socials for that. But, like, if you ever want to, like, reach out and, like, share a story or if we cover your favorite show and you have want to tell us why you love it, please reach out on our social media. Like, Instagram is Probably like the best way to get. You both can also of us. send us an email for like a longer message. It's breaking the curtain at gmail.com. Super simple. We're always on there, so we would love to hear from you. Yeah, Instagram or email is like the number one way to get a hold of us. But like if you just have a short message, Twitter's great. Yeah. Yeah, send them in. Send them in because there is nothing that I love more than hearing from people who have taken the time to listen to our podcast. Yes, we always end up crying. When you send us a message, I mean, always. So Yeah, we're criers. Um, <laughs> we are, if you haven't, if you didn't know that. But anyways, as always, I'm Chrissy. You can find me at breakalegblog.com. I'm Jocelyn. You can find me at bothsidesofthecurtain.com. Together, we are Breaking, breaking the, the Curtain. curtain? We've got a lot coming out for you with, for the rest of the summer. Big plans. And our one-year anniversary is coming up. So Woo! stay tuned for all... All of the things. All of the things. And yeah, stay safe. Stay stay stagey. And we will... See you really soon. (laughs) We'll be chatting with y'all soon. See you soon, friends. Bye.